0: Welcome to the Kasafa Show with Mark Gleeson and Nick Sed.
1: Welcome to another edition of the Kasafa Show, where we take a look back at the recently completed Africa Cup of Nations qualifiers, and we analyze the groups heading into the final two rounds in March. It's still all to play for, for many of the sides from the region.
2: We'll also speak to Malawi head coach Mweke Mwase about his side's fortunes and the way forward for the Flames, as well as South Africa Under-17 women's captain Jessica Wade, who has earned a special trip next year that she will tell us more about.
1: But let's talk first about the Nations Cup qualifiers. Rounds three and four completed this month. Still two rounds of qualifiers to go in March. Only four countries besides the hosts have booked their place in the finals after the four rounds of qualifiers none however are from the kasafa region
2: so if we start in group a we've got namibia who are a little bit behind the eight ball and uh, needing to uh, chase the game is there a way to chad and home to guinea coming up
1: yes they've got only three points nick from um, four games they lost home and away to mali over the last week. A rather disappointing result in Vintock on Tuesday night. There was a penalty saved by Virgil Fries, but uh, still two goals rather sloppily conceded. And with that, I would suggest
2: a realistic chance for uh, Namibia out the window. Yeah, we're going to hear from uh, Malawi coach Mwase a little bit later, but they are still very much in it, just three points behind Uganda in second place in Group B.
1: I think they will regret uh, not having beaten Burkina Faso uh, in their last match at home. It was a goalless draw, uh, rather unfortunately for the Flames. That might have put them in, in a better situation. But uh, a game against Uganda still to come. South Sudan away from home might also offer them three points in, in March. So there is still a hope for Malawi, if a little bit slim.
2: South Africa might have felt they'd got the job done after back-to-back games against South Tome, but uh, Sudan's victory over Ghana at home has left uh, the East African side just three points behind. Yes,
1: I think it's a very precarious situation now for South Africa. That goal, by the way, for Sudan came in stoppage time, gave them a 1-0 win over Ghana, pushes them up to six points. They're three behind South Africa, but they host South Africa in the final group game in March. South Africa's next match is home to Ghana. If they lose that one, and they have lost at home before in a vital qualifier to the Black Stars, and Sudan beats Southamay, as we would expect, then they will be level with the two countries to play in Khartoum. And that's not the situation that South Africa would want to be in. So South Africa need the minimum of a point in uh, their game against Ghana, but three points essentially to make 100% sure that they will be playing at the next Cup of Nations finals.
2: Now, Angola have struggled. They've just taken one point from a possible 12 in Group D. Um, what's behind their issues, do you think?
1: I think it's an aging Angolan side that hasn't really been refreshed. Uh, They've been looking at more and more players in the diaspora um, and including them, but haven't really used them over these two matches. They didn't do too badly in Kinshasa goalless draw was uh, certainly uh, a good result for them. And then, uh, unfortunately, on Tuesday night, they uh, lost by a goal to nil. They certainly pounded the Congolese goal in the closing stages, looking for an equaliser. But uh, one point out of four against Congo over the last two matches, plus having lost to Gambia and Gabon in November last year, they, they are uh, certainly out now of the running for a place in the finals.
2: Uh, group F, which contains Mozambique, is certainly all to play for. Cameroon are, are running away with a little bit at the top there. But um, you know, Mozambique got four points, and there's only two points separating them and bottom place Rwanda. Well,
1: in this group, because Cameroon are hosts, it's the top side besides Cameroon that goes through. only one place, therefore. So Mozambique is still uh, leading in that race, but they lost home and away to Cameroon. It's been a big blow to their um, to their confidence, I would suggest, and a very silly way in which they lost as well. There were some horrible misses uh, in Maputo on Monday, including a penalty that uh, would have given them the lead. So that's a blow that they must recover from, but as long as they can keep their heads uh, above Cape Verde and Rwanda, which is not uh, too difficult a to task, I fancy they will still qualify from Group F.
2: Now, Comoros continue to impress. They are level with Egypt at the top of Group G with eight points, five points ahead of third place Kenya. They must be odds on to qualify.
1: Yes, and that'll be the big fairy tale story of this uh, preliminary round. Of course, it's one of the newer African football nations. They've only been playing competitive football since around 2004, uh, unbeaten in this qualifying uh, campaign, uh, drawing away in Kenya, holding uh, Egypt at home. And then of course the big win at the weekend over uh, Kenya in Moroni, massive um, celebrations on the island nation. If you go to Facebook and, um, uh, and, and Twitter, you'll see the people streaming into the streets. It's just a point really that they need uh, from their last two games to go through. And uh, when they do so, which I, which I suspect will be the case, it'll be, uh, it'll be one of the big fairy tales of this, of this qualifying campaign, and they will be uh, newcomers, of course, at the finals.
2: Now, Group H contains three Kasafa teams, Zimbabwe, Botswana, and Zambia. All of them trail African champions Algeria at the top of the group by some way, but what's, how's this one going to pan out?
1: Well, Algeria qualified by drawing in Harare. They were 2 uppers, up, Zimbabwe fought back well to get a point out of that game. Uh, it's now really Zimbabwe's to lose. They've got Botswana one point behind them, Zambia a further point behind. Zambia were expected to fight their way back after a, a poor start to this campaign in November last year. They had home and away against Botswana, but that didn't work out that way. They uh, They won at home, but then lost in Francistown. So Botswana are in the mix. I think um, Zimbabwe's game against Zambia in Harare could be pivotal. And who knows, that might be a match for Zambia to suddenly revive themselves again. It's not uh, the same quality of team as they've had in the past, but uh, we do know the depth and the strength of Zambian football and the way that they seem to have a little bit of a uh, mental stranglehold over Zimbabwe. So that's going to be a fascinating encounter in March, and it could be the one that decides who goes through along with Algeria.
2: Eswatini have uh, disappointed in Group I, their bottom of the table without a win so far.
1: Yeah, the first point for them was uh, at home against Congo, Um, a 0-0 draw, very poor finishing. You can see a a, a fairly weak side. New coach that has had not much time to do anything with the team, but with one point from four games, um, absolutely no chance of progressing for them. Now,
2: Madagascar, one of the surprise packages of the Last Nations Cup Finals, they look more or less on course to qualify. They're in second place at the moment in Group K, just a point ahead of Ethiopia, though.
1: Yes, uh, they got only one point from the two matches against the Ivory Coast. But I think what will happen there is they next go to Ethiopia, who are just one point behind them. I think Ethiopia will beat them uh, in Addis and go two points above Madagascar in second place. But then... Ethiopia finish against the Ivory Coast. I think they will stay on nine points. And Madagascar will win their final game at home against Niger and finish on 10 points, second in the group behind the Ivorians. So they just need to, in my opinion, they need to win one of their remaining two games to book a a second successive trip to the cup finals.
2: And lastly, Mark, uh, Group L, the SUTU, unfortunately, at the foot, only with the slimmest of hopes of qualifying.
1: Yes, another game of missed chances in Maserio against Benin. So uh, a goalless draw there. One, one out of a possible six points against Benin in, in this uh, particular window. Uh, Nigeria away to come um, and then home against Sierra Leone. Maybe might end the campaign with a good victory against Sierra Leone and that, that'll give them some heart, but it won't be enough to get them through to the finals. We are joined by Malawi national team coach Mweke Mwase, who's been in charge of the side since April 2019, initially on a caretaker basis before he was made the permanent coach. The Flames recently played back-to-back matches with Burkina Faso. They earned a home point in a goalless draw in Blantyre, but unfortunately were beaten 3-1 away.
2: Workey, thanks for your time. How would you assess those two matches against the Burkina
0: That's been very difficult. Uh, you know, we coming from the COVID nineteen uh, uh, football uh, was not there. We had some hitches again traveling to Burkina Faso. Uh, so it was a little, little, a little bit of difficulty. Now,
1: coach, um, you have two more games to go in March. Uh, one is away against South Sudan. We presume that might be somewhere neutral like Nairobi, which is in your favor, obviously. And then home against the Uganda Cranes. So you're still very much alive in the uh, battle for the first two places. I mean, are you confident you can still make the the, the finals? Yes,
0: it's a, it's a game of football. We're still confident to to to, to do that. Uh, you know, uh, as you said, you we need to take the advantage of the playing uh, the, uh, at home here. Uh, we need to to win that one, and then we would go to play against South Sudan. We beat them before, but we cannot take that for granted. And then we have to work extra harder for us to win that game as well.
2: And how much of a loss was it not to have uh, Gaberino Mahango, uh, you know, having him sidelined and unable to play? And how much of an impact has it been for you not having league football at home over the last sort of eight or so months? It
0: has been really, really difficult because, you know, uh, we get these players from the national team from the league league games. So the suspension of football didn't help us a lot. uh, and then uh, Gabadinho as well. He's been with us. He's been the one scoring goals for us. So we really missed him, man. Coach,
1: let me ask you a little bit about the importance of having foreign-based players. In your day, when you were in the Malawian side, you had a lot of players based. Uh, particularly in South Africa, Russell Mwafoulir, you know, some really good players. And because of your international experience, I think you were a very strong team. You don't have as many these days. Do you think, do you see it as a problem that you, you need to get more yeah, power
0: internationally? Yes, it is a very big problem. Uh, you know, as you said, you know, we, uh, before we, many of us playing there, it was simple. Coming here, playing games, we won games. But now, there are only a few of them there that the other side. Uh, and then uh, with the league in Malawi here, things has been very uh, not that well for us.
2: And uh, coach, you know, after the final round of AFCON qualifiers in March, you turn your attention then to the World Cup preliminary competition. Uh, We've been drawing a very difficult pool on paper, certainly against uh, Cameroon, Ivory Coast and Mozambique. How daunting is that uh, selection of opponents for you?
0: I mean, it has been, the draw has been there. Uh, so what we need is to, to, to work extra harder. Uh, as you said, we are in a very difficult group. Uh, those are very big teams, but this is also the, the advantage for the young boys to, to to play against those big names so that they also know that they, they can play football. So we are also looking at that positive thing to say they're going to meet those people that they always admire and then maybe they can grow a, 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 a strength from them to say that they, they can also compete with them.
1: How are you enjoying uh, coaching? Because obviously you were a national team player, a strong defender, you played internationally. How is how is How have you taken to coaching? Have you enjoyed it?
0: You know, I've enjoyed playing football, but now coaching is a very big job. Uh, it's a very stressful job, you know, it comes when you have to select the the, the, the best team to play, you, you need to win the games, the, the, the Malawi people want their team to win, and then we haven't won well, uh, games uh, for the past, uh, maybe uh, for a long time, and people want the team to win, so it's a it's, it's very stressful job.
2: Now, when you were appointed uh, caretaker coach last year, Jomo Sono, who you would have been with at Jomo Cosmos in the mid '90s, was very glowing in his praise of you and, and saying how happy he was that you had moved into coaching. What was it like, sort of working with him? And has he been someone who has influenced you over the years?
0: Uh, I might say it was a uh, it was a very big blessing for me to to, to meet him, Mr. Jomo Sono. Uh, he's been he has been he, he, I can, I can also say that he has been like a father to me. I know I enjoyed playing for for his team. And he always encouraged me, gave me all the the things that I, I should be a, a good player for the team. So it was nice. And then even uh, making me a captain for the first year, it was just a very great thing for me.
1: What um, when you look around the junior structures, and obviously you've worked your way up uh, with the Malawi FA. Um, what sort of hope do you have about young talent coming through in Malawi? Is there a lot of promising players there for the future?
0: Yes, we have a lot of promising young players coming, and but I think we need to do more. We need to 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 to, to work hard for, on them because. Uh, the infrastructure, the, the, the equipment that we have can make uh, a, a, a player be a, a international thing. Uh, I mean, we need the government, everybody, the stakeholders need to work very hard so that the, the grassroots, the young ones should be ready for the games to come.
2: We're now joined by South Africa captain Jessica Wade, whose performance at the Kasafa Women's Under-17 Championship that was recently completed in PE earned her a trip to Spain next year, courtesy of La Liga. She'll be joined by Zambia's Tidusila Lungu, and they'll have the chance to train with local sides, take in sights and sounds of Spain, and, COVID-winning, take in a La Liga match. Yeah, so first off, congratulations on, uh, on winning this trip or earning this trip to, to Spain. Um, yeah, yeah, just your thoughts on it?
3: No, thank you so much. I mean, it was an incredible opportunity and such a wonderful surprise. I didn't even know something like this existed. And then to get the message to say that, you know, you've got an opportunity to go to Spain and go train with local clubs there and just learn about their football cultures. It was absolutely incredible and such a wonderful opportunity.
2: Yeah. And do you follow Spanish La Liga at all?
3: Um, I watch a little bit of the Spanish football. I'm more into the Premier League side of things, though.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Which club do you support there?
3: Uh, Barcelona.
2: Alright, nice one.
3: In La Liga.
2: Yes, yeah. yeah. And then just looking back at the uh, at the tournament in Nelson Mandela, Mandela Bay that finished this weekend, just your thoughts from, from a team perspective on how it went for you guys?
3: Yeah, I think we were quite disappointed, you know, to only end third in the group. Um, it was quite a long, tough journey in lockdown, you know, not having been able to train for eight months and then having to pull a team together. Um, in two weeks before the tournament was not really an ideal situation Um, and yeah I think we were just disappointed with uh, our performances and more the results actually um, than how we played I think it was unfortunate to end where we did but um, the two teams that ended at the top I think they deserved to be there and they played better football than us so yeah. yeah
2: and just just from a personal point of view on your your own performances were you happy with how things went?
3: um obviously i'm more focused on the team i thought individually i didn't have a bad tournament it also wasn't absolutely fantastic because i couldn't do as much for the team as i would have liked um but overall you know you can only do so much as one person
2: yeah and just you know getting back to playing must be such a relief as you say after lockdown where there was no football at all. And now to have an international tournament, that must have been a, a relief for you.
3: Yeah, no, I was so excited to get back and play, you know, eight months of no football is absolutely terrible. It was a living nightmare. So I was really excited to get back and get back to international football on a high standard.
2: And now just a little bit more about yourself. Where did your sort of football journey start? How did you get into playing the game? Do you come from a footballing family? Um, I don't know. You know, how, how did it all begin for you?
3: Um not really a strong footballing family, although our athletes uh, there are many athletes in our family um I started playing football when I was about seven years old uh, i I a friend and his dad was the coach at the local football club and he got me to join and I just fell in love with the game and I've been playing ever since
2: yeah and you know who have been your influences to get you this far would you say people who' helped you along in your in your you know, short career today.
3: I would definitely say my parents. They've been my biggest supporters, you know, taking me to every training, taking me to every game, making sure I'm well looked after. Um and then I've had some fantastic coaches along the way. Um I currently train at Super Sports United Soccer Schools and the coach there is absolutely fantastic and he's just taken me under his wing and I really hope to Keep learning from him and growing.
2: Yeah. And, you know, just also balancing things like school and playing. I'm sure, you know, football takes you away a lot. And how do you kind of manage that whole situation of doing education and and playing?
3: Um, I find it to be a little bit challenging, you know, constantly being away from school, not being able to be around for exams and things like that. Uh, But... My parents and I made the decision this year to accelerate my schooling. So I did a homeschooling program and I have secured a certificate that is equivalent to a matric certificate. So I've finished with school and I don't have those kind of stresses anymore. Well,
2: congratulations on that. Thank uh, you. And then just sort of moving forward now, you know, uh, we've seen a lot of South African players, for example, go and... Um, apply to colleges in the U.S. and that kind of stuff. Have you thought about your your education beyond school? and that, Is that something you would like to do if the opportunity came?
3: Yeah, definitely. We've looked at a few colleges, you know, overseas and stuff. But the main goal is to play professionally. Um, but I will study in correspondence because I believe education is very important and I will always do more to learn and grow.
2: Yeah. Now, you've already um, played for the under-20s. National team and whatnot, Do you know do you see that as the the next progression up, um, and then obviously Banyana Banyana beyond that
3: yeah, I definitely think so um under twenties is quite a big step up from under seventeen level, and it's a nice place to really grow and flourish and gain more experience before you into the the big stage where you play at Banyana's level.
2: Yeah. And I mean watch Banyana Banyana now lift the trophy again in Nelson Mandela Bay. That must give you motivation, I guess, to, you know, reach that level, seeing how well they they play with a slight side that was essentially without many of their, or most or all of their overseas-based players.
3: Yeah, definitely. And it was great to see that there were a couple of youngsters in the squad. I think there were two 19-year-olds in the starting 11 in that final match. And that's really great to see is that they've already done it and hopefully I can do that too.
2: Yeah. And then you, you mentioned about playing professionally um, overseas. You know, is that is there kind of a, a, a league that you've set your your sights on? You know, obviously we had Janine and, at Houston and... and Linda and Tembi, but we've also had players in China. We've got in Sweden at the moment and France and Spain and Portugal. Is there somewhere that you see as a good fit?
3: Um, I would definitely like to see myself playing in England. That's the big dream. Um, But I'd be quite happy to go to a country like Germany and experience the football there or even Spain. It would be incredible.
2: Yeah. And just, just finally your your kind of your overall ambitions for, for your career, you know, if everything goes well, playing in a World Cup, uh, a senior World Cup, I'm guessing, but yeah, just your thoughts on where you'd like to see yourself develop and grow into.
3: Looking forward in the next five years, I'd like to be in Europe playing in a good professional league and just growing, learning and improving my name and reputation overseas.
1: That's it for another show. A reminder that the Cassafa Men's Under-17 Championship is currently underway in Port Elizabeth. That tournament serves as a zonal qualifier for the Africa Under-17 Cup of Nations to be played in Morocco next year.
2: You can listen to more of our podcasts on Soccer Le Duma Radio, Casafa.tv, Spotify, and iTunes. And you can also get the latest news from that Casafa Under-17 Championship via our website at www.casafa.com. And on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok.
1: That's a goodbye from us.